Alright, good evening everybody. This is like a super amazing parak. I, I honestly, I just looked it over a little uh, earlier today and I was like, oh, this, if we could just conquer this, if we know this, how amazing uh, it is. So, it's achamishis is lo hexech la'ad apple. That Hashem does not maintain His anger forever. Zok, the Torah explains the Torah of Torah Zumida Acheres. This is another attribute of Akharish Baruchus of Hashem's mercy. Even if a person continues and does chatayim, does sins, and as we mentioned, that a sin it doesn't just damage them. It damages the world. It damages the relationship with Hashem, and it's damaging. It's not just. Uh, it's not just you know you broke uh, like if you if you if you jaywalk you break you broke the law and no, there's not actually no reality to that which means it's a bad habit, but nothing happens right you know you jaywalk there's no cars here if a person does a chait it's spiritually damaging it damages again the spiritual framework of the world. And so even when a person does a chait, chas v'shalom, ena karish baruch hu ha-karish baruch hu does not hold on to anger. Ve'im machzik, and if ha-karish baruch hu deals with us in anger, which means, of course, that's an anthropomorphism, God does not get angry, but it appears to us as anger, which means it's a moment of judgment, of, of, of din. Loi la'ad, it's not forever. Was able to hold back his anger, even if we do not do teshuva. So we know that Yeravim ben Yoash uh, was a later king, not Yeravim ben Navat, but Yeravim ben Yoash was a later king uh, in Israel, and Yeravim ben Yoash. Um, even though he did chatayim, and even though in this time they were doing chatayim, Hakadosh Baruch Hu did not um, uh, did not totally uh, destroy him. On the contrary, Hichsar Hakadosh Baruch Hu Yisrael. Amazingly, amazingly, um, Hakadosh Baruch Hu expanded the borders of Israel during his time. Now, it happens to be during his time they had a tremendous amount of achdos of, of unity, even though they were still worshipping the golden calves in the ten tribes, either as an intermediary or even according to some opinions, literally a form of idolatry. Even so, they, they were able to be successful, and the borders were expanded because Hashem was He did not hold on to this anger. And they were literally servicing, worshipping these calves. Obviously, the, the, the calves were symbolic. But they were some level worshiping these cats. Now, Frek asked the Torah Devorah, this is super duper important. This is like a game changer if a person could inculcate that. We get really chop what, the, what we're saying over here. Um, <clears throat> I gotta make sure I don't keep my voice. So why does Hashem have mercy? What's the, what's the, what's the pshat? What's the explanation of this mercy of HaKadosh Baruch Hu? B'shomida zu Hashem, this Nida 
is that Hashem does not... It's very important, by the way. Let me just backtrack. Whenever we see God's anger, it means Hashem is a parent, a loving, the most loving parent in the world, the most loving person that we could ever imagine, more than any human being, more than our physical parents, our biological parents. Akash Baruch Hu deals with us with rachamim, with mercy, with ava, with love. Um, but when we say Hashem's kaviachol angry, what we're really saying is, to us, it feels like anger. But here, sometimes the midah of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is, he's lohechzik l'arapu. He doesn't treat us, doesn't deal with us in this anger. We're still in, 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 in the sitting mode. Eino manish. He doesn't punish us. Shem says, you know what? Sometimes, now, I, I cannot have a lot of children, okay? My wife is, you know, way better than me in many things. Uh, I was just, she dealt with one of our kids today who, you know, kids are, kids like you, uh, like adults are, are complex and complicated and vulnerable and, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's just, it's a hair's breadth of how you treat them, whether you're educating them or hurting them. <laughs> it's actually a book called Make Me, Don't Break Me. And that, I, the book I, I read many years ago, I don't even remember so much about that book. I read it literally, I'll tell you the truth, I read that safer, that book, on, it was a parenting book. My, we were, my, my wife was pregnant with her first child, with Chedva, so it's 20 years ago, and we said we'd study about education before we had our kids. So, I actually don't remember too much about the book. But one thing I do always think about is that title. You can make a child, or you can break a child. And, 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 and it's, you can make a student if you're a teacher, or you can break a student if you're a teacher. Sometimes a parent or a teacher, they won't use harsh discipline, because it will be ineffective. That kid, you know, uh, you know, there's there's a term, an unfortunate term of off the derech, uh, a kid who go, leaves the path. If you call gangbuster that kid very often, you, they, they, they're not going to just leave the path. They're going to run for their lives, right? There, there are children who struggle with emotional difficulties, um, drug abuse, you name it, and you know, if you come harsh with them. Even if you mean well, even if it's coming from the best place in the world, it can be very destructive. I will see soon, even in, in, in interpersonal relationships, sometimes you got to close your eyes and be very loving, very embracive, very calm, very, you know, even the person doesn't deserve it. It's, <laughs> the person, why are they, why are you taking that tact? Because that tact could work, right? Sometimes if you're, even if you're a rabbi, I can tell you first-hand experience, right? There's some people you go out of the way, and you're even though they're not they're not deserving, they they, they messed up. They they they. Why are you going? Why do you make such efforts? Because if you care about a person, you love a person, you want what's best for a person. Sometimes the, the the approach is not to hurt, you know, you know hit or potch or or, or rebuke or explain, it's just to show love, and just to give them more space, and, 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 and we all know that in many of the people who have become religious, did Kirov, they came because of love, actually, uh, that whole, so good, this whole idea, but he said many years ago, that in Jerusalem, there was a, there was a road, 
where people were driving on Shabbos, it was very controversial because it went right, right through a religious neighborhood, a very religious neighborhood, and there were people who were designating rocks before Shabbos and throwing them on, not the cars, that's, that's not true. <laughs> they threw them on the road so the cars wouldn't drive over. And Rishon and Arba, forgetting any protesting or whatever, or politics, because it was way more intense in America in many ways, but he said nobody ever became observant because they had a rock thrown at their car, okay? Right? Nobody ever became religious because of that, right? You want, to be ca- you want people to keep Shabbos? You want a Jew to keep Shabbos? That is not the way to get them to keep Shabbos, right? That, that seems obvious to everyone on this phone call, on the Zoom call, but I assure you, you and I, when we deal with people, we don't always think in those terms, okay? We, we, we throw rocks, um, and we, we expect that those rocks will have an effect, and very often, that it's not a rock and it needs to be thrown. Now, there are times, unequivocally I will say, there are certainly times where you have to put down a firm line, depending on the child, depending on the circumstances, depending on the business, depending on many things. This is a method of mercy that Hashem does. So, but it's an amazing thing. It's always coming from love, but when it's strict, it's coming with love. And when it's just, even though we're undeserving, but one of the ways Hashem gets us to do tshuva is doch, is mitoch ava, it's coming from Hashem's love. It's just coming from this meat of lohaksaklarapa, it does not maintain his anger forever. Because Hashem cares about us and loves us, he does. The Pasik says he does not, he, he doesn't uh, literally take revenge or contend forever and does not uh, keep his anger. The Yitro meaning, sometimes Hashem is soft and he tries to bring us with hugging and kissing, and sometimes it's harsh. Right? And really, a great educator, a sophisticated parent, is able to know the child. Right? This kid, my kid today, was not a big deal. But, you know, I could have come gangbust. I wouldn't have come gangbust. But it, it, what he needed, this child, was a lot of TLC. Uh, be, it's okay. You know, things are great. Don't worry. And it, even the kid didn't deserve it, by the way. <laughs> it's, not, it's not like he, you know, he deserved it because he's a child. You know, but he was, he was messing up. So... The point is, is a good a parent or a human being, a spouse, a teacher, a boss, a, a friend. Sometimes a friend has to be frank, tell a friend what they need to hear, even be, you know, harshly frank. And sometimes you just have to listen and be loving, and that's how you can help the person as well. And Akash Baruch is the ultimate doer of this. In by us, you have to understand when we're sitting against, we're rebelling against Akash Baruch Hu, I just want to straight say that again. You know, again, we don't like to hear that. We like to hear we live in a world, no consequences. Whatever you do, you're great, you're not, you're not doing nothing wrong, Khalila. But when a person does a chet, he's damaging the world, he's damaging Hashem, that, you know, our relationship with Hashem. And yet, I saw this piece of a Dessler, a Mechtam Eliyahu, this is Chelek Gimel, has an amazing, amazing letter where he actually quotes this paragraph that we just said, I want to actually read part of this letter. Now, it's actually, it's, if anyone wants to ever look it up for in posterity, it's in Chelek Gimel, uh, page 351, and the title is called Lo Hexaklad Apo. That this, this thing that HaKadosh Baruch Hu does not maintain his anger forever. Hold on. This letter was written Tov Ches Shin. It was 1948. 
Parshas Kisavo, which was, it's the summer of 1948. It's late summer in Av, um, actually probably Elul, uh, Av or Elul, uh, in, in, in um, 1948. And he was writing from Gateshead, he was Mashkich of Panovich Yeshiva, of that Panovich for many years was the prime yeshiva, the best yeshiva in Israel. And he's writing, he had been the, 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 the Rosh Kailal of Gateshead, which was, the, which was and is uh, probably the most famous yeshiva in all of Europe since the, since the Holocaust. And it's ni- the summer of 1948. And he's talking about events in Israel to the Panovich yeshiva in the summer of 1948. And this is what he says. I mean, I mean, first he apologizes. He got it took a while to get to the yeshiva to, to explain it. Um, he says, I'm going to tell you something over here, something um, clear on many levels. It's It's awesome. Truly awesome. I don't have the time to elaborate, says Rav Dessler, at this moment. I want to write this. They're going in, they're in into an Elul. I want you to hear this before Rosh Hashanah, before Yemei Adin. Therefore, I don't have time to elaborate, but I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you in shorthand. Matsasi Kasev. B'sefra Kaddish. I found. I saw this from Akdoshim. Then why didn't Moshe Rabbeinu ask Hashem, "Harini nas kvaydecha"? Right after the golden calf, right after the eagle azov, Moshe says to Hashem, "God, show me your greatness." He literally asks to understand at the deepest level. This is it's not, you know, when you read the Torah and the Chumash, he had a simple like, "Show me your greatness." No, uh, Moshe wants to understand the depth of how Hashem. Deals with his <coughs> with the world right after the eagle is off. <laughs> you know, timing. He right after the eagle is off. That was his question. Sometimes when there's a moment of anger and that anger leaves, when a person has mercy, at that moment is the greatest mercy. More than perhaps if there had never been charon off, there had never been this anger. V'ayim Yalkut. See the Yalkut, the Medrash. Komash Yisrael, Oichlem V'Oilem Azeh. Just this is a side point. Kodesh um, Baruch the reward in this world is um, it's because of the Yisurin and the difficulties they have. So the reward in this world. But the, the reward for the mitzvah in the next world. That's, that's a side point. Then it's the following thing. See the Sefer Torimer Devorah. What we're learning right now. V'ayim Torimer Devorah. Um... This chapter, which you're just learning right now, um, when I was last year with the yeshiva, because we're learning Torah Devarah, I already said something amazing on this chapter. But I want to say even more now. means contemplate, really think about this. When a, God, when a God, when Hashem gives any of us on an individual level or on a collective communal level for the Jewish people, difficulties, challenges, okay, 
So there's always two levels. There's one level that we will only become the people we couldn't should be in this world if we're tested like Avraham. Uh, we're not learning about Avraham right now, but certainly the past few weeks, Parshas, were about Avraham Avinu, who achieved the great heights that he achieved because of the test he was given. But on a second level, he says now, you got to learn from your mistakes to do tshuva. If you, if you don't realize there's a problem, if a person is going on cruise control through life and doesn't realize there's an issue, they're not going to do tshuva, they're not going to fix it, right? Um, Sometimes there are people they just cannot hear. You know, they just will not hear. They just are so fixed in their ways. They're so locked in their habits and and drive that they don't do tshuva. It could be the worst sins. It could be self-damaging. It could be uh, with a, with 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 complete idiocy. That uh, they're doing this, but they just do, their their ears are flushed off. They're not listening to what a person what someone say, what a person saying. And here the Rasham is saying, "Fix up." So, but what's So, if that's what it says, there's another approach. It's the approach if you're a parent, if you're a, an educator, if you're a friend, and you want to help somebody. The Hainu sometimes Hashem gives tremendous rachamim. Instead of coming gangbuster, tremendous rachamim, right? You know, like you have a, a wayward kid, this wayward kid, how are you going to bring him back? How are you going to bring her back? You think you're going to bring him with lots of love. They don't deserve that love. They're sitting there, like you look at some of these cases, kids on drugs, doing terrible things. Why do they deserve the love? Their, their actions are not, but the reason is their love is you love the kid and you want to bring them back. And the only way they're going to come back is Ava. <laughs> it's love. It's going to be to give them what they don't deserve, but to make them feel, you know, make them feel loved. Or a student, right, the, the, kid who, the kid who's breaking every rule in class or not behaving. So if you keep banging him and, you know, and it's not working, it's not going to work another time. If you bang him more, it won't work, right? So you got to think of a different strategy how to get to this kid. Right, Mrs. Klein, you talk for a while, right? right? You, you got, you got, you can't just do the same strategy. Uh, you got, you got to pick a new strategy, and that's what Hashem does with us. Even those who don't learn from the Yisurim, don't learn from the, the, what they should have learned for. It's literally almost from extreme to extreme. We went from Yisurim to Trentanachas. When you get that love, when a person's in that, when they're the recipient of that bracha, that love, they, they have to, if they're not learning from you, they have to learn from that. You have to realize it's coming from Hashem. Even the person of Hashem is saying, and they'll, they'll think to themselves, that I can change myself. I can do better. I don't have to live the life that I was living. Just because I did this for 20, 30, 40, 50 years, right now, I can, I can change my life. There's some people, they don't wake up, right? And it could be 
Duch the Rachamim, they could change through the Rachamim. Ki komida sha'anakas Hashem Yisrach. To know is very important in general. Every way that Hashem deals with us, it's not for a physical place. That's secondary. It's for where we'll be spiritually. The ultimate litmus test for all of us always is uh, where are we spiritually? He says, see the Yalkut Shimoni. Um, he goes through the whole thing. I don't want to go through it. it's, it's the whole raya. But then he says the following thing. And now that we're in error, he, he brings a, a, a proof. Sometimes God helps us from above. But, but he says, Mashanu Bo Akshar. It's the summer of 1948. I mean, you have to understand, Rav Dessler was not what you call a religious Zionist. He wasn't anti Zionist, but he was honest in 1948. If you listen to my history series, the, the founders of the state of Israel were largely Ashkenazim and not merely not religious, secular to the core, many of them being communists. Many of them being anti-religious. That was what my pai and my palm was were. Okay, and when the Sephardim would come in the early fifties, they would secularize many of the Sephardim as well. Until Shas would always be Naksa Tarlo Rishon return the crown to Israel. And that, that doesn't mean that not great things happen with the foundation of the state of Israel. But the, the state of Israel coming into existence was certainly a matter of conflict for Jews who care about Torah because. If, if, if a state is not just secular, but at that time in particular, unfortunately the current government is not exactly the best on the religious le- le- levels, um, but in that time in particular, it was totally, I mean, we can't even imagine, because we live in a world where Israel today is a different country than it was 80, 75 years ago, it really has a lot more religious Jews and a lot more uh, proudly uh, religious realities to the state itself, uh, still far from perfect, but it's a different country. There were many religious Jews who were super concerned about this new state coming into existence because of its secular bent. You have to remember what was the first country to recognize the state of Israel. Anyone remember? Anyone want to pipe up? Russia. <laughs> okay, America was second, and the reason Russia recognized Israel first is because they thought that Israel would be a secular close to communist country. That's why they recognize it. Um, and so, for what Revesh is about to say right now, is truly amazing. Because he's, he's going to recognize that what Israel, the, the foundation of Israel, by the way, in the summer of 1948, it was far from clear that Israel would survive. Okay? This is not, this is not May 1949 when they were signing, they were already signing agreements for peace treaters. Summer 1948, they were they were surrounded by Arab or, Arab or Arab armies. The Jordanian Legion was not too far away from conquering not only the old city but going deep into Israel. I mean, it was far from clear that this the state of Israel was going to survive. But look at what he says. And now, Mashanu What's going on now in the, in the Holy Land is Kasher LeKadiro. It's Mamish Kiyes. It's almost like the beginning of redemption. How in the world, in 1948, right, there had not been a Jewish presence, government, in the state of Israel, in the, country, the land of Israel, for 1900 years. And even 1900 years ago, they were under Roman dominion for the 100 years before that. Okay? About Akhoponim, to say it's at the beginning of the, the Mashiach, he says, I'm not going to say that. But what we have to realize, is the Chesed Hashem. How Hashem has given us 
the fact that he gave us independence, the fact that he gave us a state, that he gave us freedom to be a state, is a tremendous chesed. It's, uh, that's why I stressed, you're not talking about a flag-waving person, and he's recognizing the chesed. It was a tremendous chesed. And it was been a concept and al Because just three years earlier, just three and a half years earlier, so the summer of 45, they were, we were in the middle of, of the Holocaust. Right? Min al-Katza, We were six million Jews die. And the reason six million Jews died, I'm not going into the Holocaust right now, uh, is unquestionably because what European Jewry was, right, it was not where they should have been. Okay? I'm not... <laughs> going there right now. Um, but there's, uh, it, it came from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It was the patch, probably of all patches of Jewish history, perhaps even. Um, but suffice to say, if you look at the Holocaust, you have six million Jews dying, one half million children dying. Right? Rahman al-Litzlan, that is an Einish Shiba which which, you know, is unfathomable to us as much as we, we're not that far away from it. And yet, three years later, it's Katsashedi. All of a sudden, after 1900 years, you have Jews who have uh, living in their own country with their own army, independent. Right? This is by the summer of 94. They were, they were still under way big time attack. I, I mean, it's a Matzarech Lomot. See, what do we have to learn from this? If a person comes to Rosh Hashanah, and they don't realize it's Hashem embracing us. And by the way, I don't want to get into to the to Zionists or the state and the, the pluses and the minuses, but realize one thing. If Hashem gave us this bracha, it's that we should do tshuva. It's not to have in the Haifa Google or Wix uh, or Intel or Cisco. Mrs. Brooke, am I missing anything else? Or, or, right? or anything like that, anything else? Those are great to have there, by the way. There's nothing wrong with having Cisco or Google, you know, great, Kavaldic. But that's not the point of Israel. Or to have cybersecurity, at the point of it is to do tshuva and to come close to Hashem. To be in Eretz, so where we left the time of the Romans and didn't do tshuva, Hashem saying, you suffer in Europe that you didn't, and now I'm giving you this, barachamim, with mercy, with mercy, you need to do tshuva now, with the mercy. I always wanted to bring this, you know, it's a little bit of a side but he's darshaning this thing that just in the Jewish people, you can see in three years from one approach to another approach, but it's all for the same direction. It's that we do Jew, And how Rav Dester says to the yeshiva, don't you realize that we have to do, we have to think about it. When we have in our own lives certain events which are, sometimes are judgment, Right now we're talking low hexaclad apo. Because Barbara doesn't deal with whatever. We need to we need to return to Hashem. The point of life is our spiritual status. Right? It's not we shouldn't be tone deaf. We all look at a student or a child or a person who just doesn't get the message. And we try different ways if we love them. But ultimately, what do you have to do? You have to listen to the message, kid. Student, child. Friends, you got to hear it. We need to hear the message sometimes. We have to realize that all of our Kaddish Baruch will deal different ways with us. But, but we, we need to do tshuva. We need to improve our ways.
because he wants us to become the people we could be. He wants us to become the people we should be. One second. <clears throat> I need to get some gas for my uh, my sore throat over here. Uh, some fuel for fuel, some fuel. Okay, so <laughs> I'll tell you a story. I actually said this many years ago. Rav Nassim Tzvi Finkel's tenth yard site, the Rosh Hashiva Mir, his tenth yard site was a couple of weeks ago. So, as many of you may know, Shiva Mir, the largest Shiva in the world, uh, was was a dynamic Talmud Chacham of Gadol who had Parkinson's. And he would literally push himself to the greatest extent possible. And, I, and he'd give Shirim all times during the day. And really didn't take the medication for Parkinson's because he felt it clouded his thoughts and he was a tremendous Torah scholar. So, he was once giving a Chabura. I was sitting right next to him. I was like literally next to him. And all of a sudden, he stopped. He starts. He literally couldn't talk anymore. So he waves to me to put my ear next to his. And he says to me, "I'm out of gas." So he, he's out of gas, which meant he was out of cough. And when he went, when he was out of gas, he literally could not move. I mean, he could not talk. So you know, we all you know, an amazing you know, just an amazing personality. Okay. So that's how Hashem deals with us. Sometimes he's slow to, he, he deals with a different tactic. Now, that's how Hashem deals with us as individuals, as a nation. Now, we know what I'm saying? How we should live in the same way. This midah, this character trait. A person should be going this way with their friends. You can tell this person off. They deserve it. Right? Oh, it's Banav. Your children broke your car. They smashed it or they damaged it or they made a dumb investment or they, or they were disrespectful or they didn't do what you said or it's a friend who hurt the relationships. And, um, and they would be here because they Right. You should, by the way, again, if you ever want to help a person, if you love, you can never do it out of anger. I, you know, years ago, I remember I switched on parenting in the shul. I'm a chad, and I point out you will never be effective in as a, as a parent or helping in your marriage with a spouse if you scream. Uh-uh. All a person hears is a scream. Whatever. If you really care about a person, if you really want to change people, you got to be able to t- talk and to communicate. Or, and not to do an anger. It doesn't mean there's not a place for strong rebuke. There are times. You know, don't, don't think if, God forbid, my kid runs across the street, my younger children, and a car almost hits them, I'm say, oh, don't do that again. No, you, I'm going to go over to them, and I'm going to put the fear, the fear into them because they need that fear because they should be, not fear of me, should be scared of that car, right? You don't want a kid getting hurt. And you don't want an adult, a teenage kid or an adult kid or a spouse doing something really stupid, but it can never, ever be effective if it's when you are angry. You know, Rabbi El Yalapian, the great Rabbi El Yalapian, I'm not going to say this ever, but he was such a god of a Torah, the, the, the Rebbe, one of the, uh, of Ramat Zion really, or actually, Rabbi Ramakhaim Lapin's uncle, um, so Rabbi El Yalapian, you know, when he would get upset with his children, he would wait two weeks, sometimes, to, to, to punish them because he wanted to make sure he had no anger whatsoever it was purely 
for their education. So and whenever, so you, so even if you can, sometimes the person messes up and you they deserve it, right? I can't tell you. I'm going to be frank. I had people in Amakhar, people in Chicago, people wherever. Sure, you know they want to kill people. Sometimes they get hurt. They want to hang them, you know. They want to hang. They want to just take a. a they don't want to take a gun, but they but they want to. There's some part of them they just don't. Either one of two things: they will never talk to them again. <laughs> they just want to totally get them out of their lives. Or they want to. They just want to totally. You know, they fantasize about you know taking an Uzi and doing whatever they want to do with it, right? Why? Because they're so focused on their anger or the the the, the thing they did wrong. You know, or the the, the, the that was that was done, uh, or, you know, and sometimes the parent and a child, or a child to a parent. It's a crazy world today. You have children don't talk to parents. The sugar developed, right? Why? Because they're so upset, so angry. I once had someone come to my office. Uh, I was burying their parent, and they and I started asking them, "Tell me." After I didn't know the parent, I had to a husband. I had to eulogize the parent. So tell me about your parents. Tell me what can you tell me about your parents? You know the person starts telling me fifty years ago. He started blasting this parent from fifty years ago. Couldn't believe it. And it wasn't so bad by the way. <laughs> they weren't physically, emotionally, or any other way abused. But they, they couldn't forget. They couldn't forget. So if you wanna help a person, um uh you have to not be angry. You can never be angry. And not only that, you should look for ways to be embracing. Maybe very often that's the best way to fix it. Right? Hashem sometimes is harsh with us, but that's because we need it. But when love will do it, when, when not, it's always love, but when embracing, of course Hashem will do that. Even if it's permissible to you. Listen to this. As the Talmud says, if you see the, the chamor, this is actually the, the Torah says in Mishpatim, it says, Ki tira chamor sonecha revitz tachtav. That's myself. You see your, your your enemy's donkey collapsed under its burden. Upirsha. Now, the, the Gemara, the, this is what the Gemara Psalchim asks Is it shaykh to have an enemy? Doesn't the Torah say, that you should love your neighbor yourself? How is it shaykh? How is it possible to have an enemy? And the Talmud says, you know what the enemy is? You see him doing an Avera. You see him doing a sin. Right? I remember somebody I know told me that, uh, that they, were, they were out walking, this is in Florida, in South Beach, Florida. They should not have been in South Beach, Florida. Uh, I grew up in Miami Beach, in Mid Beach, in South Beach was a place that religious Jews shouldn't hang out. And they saw somebody they knew with another woman. <laughs> okay? It was not their wife. It was not their wife. And there's you know, and it was clear it was not a friend merely a friendship. Uh, so you see a person doing it so you're like you disgust the guy's wife and kids. You see it with some other person, right? You see a person, an abuser, you see a per you see a person uh, you know, it was a lowly, lowly a god of a thief, right? You see them doing a vera. You can't, for whatever reason, you're a single person, you're, you're, you're not able to testify amazing, you can't rectify the damage that this thief or sick person in many ways may have done. Okay, You're not able to do it. Um, 
Afilo Haki Amr Taira Azotazam Imo. Even this person, if his donkey, if he's suffering, if you could help him, Shvoch Yas Talibcha, right? Draw, right? Put the unload what's in your heart. Get out what's in your heart. You know, I, I, I can tell you, I'm just telling you to share. You know, I'm far from perfect. But I personally have been involved in people changing their lives and becoming religious who other people told me never in a billion years they're on drugs, they're a terrible person, they're religiously uninterested, they like pork. You know, do you think that if I came to them gangbuster or if I came with them with, with disdain, uh, look at them like, ugh, you're a pig, or you, you're a drug addict, that I would be able to have any effect on this person? Do you think that if you're a parent or a child, or if you want to relate to a person, if you disdain them and you hate them, you'll be able to help them, forgetting you, that you can help such a person? No way! Right? The Torah tells us, be like Hashem. Hashem helps you and I in the Klal Yisrael. Right? The Jewish people. Yeravam ben Yoyash. Right? Even the Zionists of 1948 who were filled with Ben-Gurians who were not favorable to Hashem's Torah. I don't care what you say. They did not espouse Hashem's Torah. They did not spread Hashem's Torah. Maybe they tolerated it for some people. They were not learning Gemara. Far from it. And they were not spreading kosher at that point in time. Not kosher in the public schools and not kosher in the Knesset. Right? I'm not coming to knock. I'm just telling you how Hashem deals with the world. Right? You know, Hashem looks, how could I bring people in? Right? And, and the same thing with you and I, if you want to be like HaKash Baruch you can't, even a sinner, this is a, it's an extreme case. Even a person you, not even you heard sin. You know you heard sin, you see him in South Beach with another lady. You want to you wanna fix the person, you want to help the person. You have to be able to take that anger out of your heart. Not because you were not because you don't appreciate this sin. No, don't lose that appreciation. There are sometimes there are people who get involved, by the way, in Kirov, who lose focus. <laughs> they just lose. They, they just like all of a sudden they're like, like Berkeley people, like they, you know, kumbaya, and they just have no appreciation of sin anymore. They're, they're all love and no right and wrong. Just like no right and wrong. No, we we have to know what's right and wrong. There's a Torah and it's MS and there's truth and there's reality. But you need to be able to to be like a Kaddish Barco and love the person. See the good in the person, which, which we're not going to get to tonight. Next week, he's going to elaborate on this, by the way. El mitzvah le karva so biava. Right? You, you need to mitzvah le karva so biava. El yoyal And perhaps sometimes this works. There is a yid, Rev Galai, in Bnei Brak, who is known as one of the biggest Torah scholars. One of the biggest tzaddikim in Eretz Yisrael. Um, he's a godol. I mean, actually, I, my, 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 my mother-in-law and my son and my brothers have been to many times. Amazing story. I met Joshua Mazamah throwing rocks. I'll tell you the complete opposite. Galai was once walking in a street in Bnei Brak and a car came zooming by and hit him. He went flying 10 to 15 feet, he broke multiple bones. The car driver, imagine me hitting, he was, at that time, he was a middle-aged person, this is, I don't know, 20, 30 years ago. He, you hit a guy, not on purpose, 
He hits the guy, he goes flying. The guy's on the ground, they're calling Hatzalah. And he goes over to Rav Goli and he starts crying, I'm so sorry for hitting you. Please forget me, forgive me for hitting you. Do you know what Rav Goli told this person? He says, just promise me, he's a secular Jew, he's a Chiloni Jew, promise me you'll keep Shabbos. Now, could you imagine the guy's on the ground with broken bones? The guy hit him with a car. The guy hit him with a car. And what is in Rav Goli's head? He sees a yid. He's not that he's angry. He's not screaming. This guy, you idiot, you hit me. I'll be hostile for weeks. You know, I'll sue you. I'll, you know, uh, give me your insurance. You know, or whatever. What goes through God? Promise me you'll keep Shabbos. Keep Hashem's Torah. That Jew kept Shabbos, by the way. You know why? Because he was, didn't have a rock thrown at him. Right? He saw a yid who loved him so much that he's bleeding on the ground, and, and he, he's the one who hurt him. He didn't rebuke him. He didn't scream at him. He said, just try to keep Shabbos. We, we, you know, we, we deal with so many people in our own lives. I'm just telling you, I live, I live vicariously. I'm not, I mess up with this plenty myself. If we, when we deal with others, you have to come baracha. Hashem deals with us all the time this way. And we all have moments in, with our family members, community members, if you're an educator, you know, I can tell you, as a rabbi, I certainly experienced many times, as, as a friend, as a, as, as a friend or neighbor, all the time, a person you want to have a relationship, sometimes you have to look past it, and try a different tactic. Go, uh, and, and no matter what, get the sinah, the anger out of your heart. Mitzvah, karaz, so be'ava, with duch love, with mitzvah, ava. V'umamish minazu. This is the midah of, of Hashem deals with us. That He gives us sometimes this warm embrace because He wants to get us. He's not. He, sometimes, you know, the, 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 there's, a, there's a Gemara, and it's actually a Tanah Belial, it's a Medrash, that a, a, Shrek, like a punishment for a parent. You should see his kid talking in Shul. Terrible punishment. And he said, Oh, it's okay. It's okay. And the kid talked his whole life, and the parent was punished in Shemayim. So, we're not saying, Hashem saying, it's okay. No, it's not okay if a person's sinning. It's not okay if a person breaks shabbos. It's not okay if a person's a cruel person. It's not okay if a person's mean. It's not, that's not okay. But how are you going to get a person to change? How are you going to get a person to be better? Right? How are you going to have a relationship with a person? Very often, the, the, very often, it's lohexiklarapo. Sometimes it's a straight, frank, you know, you know, which in some sense that needs to be that way. But often, the 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 better path is lohax that apple, and that's how Hashem deals with us. And that's how we have to deal with others. Okay, we'll hold it here. Any questions? Okay, doke. I made it.